Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And here we are in Acts chapter 26, and you know, again, I've said this, there are so many things we could have addressed in the book of Acts, and I, th- I feel I've left out just so many things, but we've had an overview of what God's doing. And in Acts chapter 26, this is just before where I preached from last week. So this is just before the storm. This is a conversation with King Agrippa. Do you remember we said last week, King Agrippa said, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me. And then we know he was taken on the ship, Paul was taken on the ship, the shipwreck ended up in the island of Malta, the snake and the whole bit. So this is just before that, but I... I felt to end on this, and I know it's sort of been in and out of, of sort of time scale. We've done Acts 2, then Acts 5, then Acts 3, then this. So, but it doesn't really matter about the time scale. It's what we're speaking about that is sort of important in this. So here we are in Acts chapter 26, and from verse um, uh, 12, it says this. While thus occupied, this is Paul speaking to Agrippa about Paul's personal story. While I was thus occupied, as I went from Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, this is to kill Christians. It's what he was going to do. He said, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, far brighter than the sun. It shone all around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me. And he said in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Every time I read this, you know, the Lord takes his church very personally. He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Because Jesus and the church are one and the same. Head and the body. When somebody comes through the door, you don't say, here comes Gary and his body. (laughs) Here comes Jess and her head. One identity. We have an identity crisis in the world today. But not in the church. I am of the Christ. We are of the Christ. He's the head, we're the body. I'm not the head, he's not the body. But together, the one man Christ is coming to maturity in order to see God glorified in the earth and see people come to Christ. As the Christ is matured in the earth. So Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Whatever happens to you, Jesus takes personally. He's easily touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Have you ever sensed God around your life or in your life? I have. I sense his presence. I am absolutely convinced that just as I sense his presence, he senses my presence. Because he's in me and I'm in him. That's a thought. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. 
So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. He didn't say, well, you can have your own truth. You can, you, you can interpret me however you want. To some people I'm this and to other people I'm that. No, he made it abundantly clear. He could have said, I'm God. He could have said, I'm the spirit of life. But you know what? If he just said that, there could have been, well, God can be whoever you believe him to be. He, he absolutely wanted to nail this. And I think we need to nail it in our generation. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is one man and his name is Jesus. That's it. There's no doubt, no ambiguity about that. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but arise, stand upon your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose. Everybody say purpose. I've appeared for you, to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of the things you've seen and of the things that I will yet lead you into, reveal to you, speak to you about. And I will deliver you from the Jewish people and the Gentiles to whom I now send you. I love that. Isn't that, isn't that funny? You know, often we think that we get delivered from something by not going into the middle of it. We get delivered by avoiding. God's delivered me from that situation so I'm not gonna experience it. No, I love this. He said, I have delivered you from the mess I'm sending you right into the middle of. <laughs> Just a thought. You see, to be delivered from something, I, I, I preached for 32 years. We are world overcomers but we're still in a world of mess. But we overcome the mess we're in. <laughs> it's wonderful. So I, I have already delivered you from, where, from the very place I'm sending you into. So let's understand that everywhere we go led by the Holy Spirit, before we get there, it's already sorted. It's already delivered. Already saved in it. Already, already redeemed in the middle of it. <laughs> to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Oh, that's the gospel. That just tells me everything there is to know, actually. Faith in Jesus Christ, out of darkness, into light, out of Satan control, into God authority, out of sin, into righteousness, out of being lost, and dead into having an inheritance. It's all there. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's all part of what you get when you receive Jesus as Lord. So don't take out any little part of that. Include it all. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision 
but I declared first to those who are in Damascus and in Jerusalem throughout all Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent. Change their mind, turn around. They should turn to God and they should do the works that accompany that repentance. I'm very aware that we invite people to give their lives to Christ as often as we can. Personal conversation, church services. And I know we pray a prayer at the end and I'm acutely aware that that's the start of a journey. But something that is really important is that our lives display what we say we believe. Fruits of repentance. Fruits of repentance, change of character, change of heart, change of words. You know, we hear about out of our heart should not come fresh water and salt water. Life and death. Why? Because when you come to Christ, the river changes. When you come to Christ, your heart is born again. Your spirit man is born again, which completely changes every other part of your life. We know that it's a journey, but evidence starts. Evidence starts. It's not enough to just pray a prayer. That's the first step. But the next step is, Holy Spirit, will you change me? Work a work in my life that Christ might be glorified in me and through me. So Paul went around preaching and we know they preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. We know that's what was preached because Acts 10 clearly tells us that's what the church preached everywhere they went. But we also know that Paul preached this, repent, turn to God and do Christian things. Look like a Christian, live like a Christian, talk like a Christian, act like a Christian. Okay, so that's the, that's the surroundings of the verse that I wanna go to in this passage to end up this series with. What is today's sermon all about? I wanna speak on living for, I think you say vision there, I have cause in my notes, but that's fine. Living for the vision is fine. Living for the vision. When Paul encountered Christ on the road, it changed everything. I love the clarity of it. I love the, I love the decisiveness of that encounter. We have words like this, rise, stand. You have a purpose, serve. Show, already delivered from where you're sent. I mean, really clear stuff. It happened on the road. It happened. And as a direct result of that, everything changed in Paul's life. From that day, his world turned upside down. You couldn't compare who he was to who he had become. And absolutely central to that all-in attitude. And it was, I know I said this the other week, can we be an all-in church? Can, I'm gonna ask again, can we be an all-in church? All-in, all in, I'm just in this. 
When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't leave anything out. It's like, this is God, have it all. We sing, you're worthy of it all. Well, let's, if, he, if he deserves it all, let's give him all. You are my all in all. And Paul gave everything to God. He was all in. Oh, but Pastor Jay, that's because he was an apostle. No, it's because he was born again. That's what happened. He was born again. Whether you're saved into being an apostle or saved into being whatever, that really has to do with the function that comes out of your new birth. But we all have the same new birth. And that is we repent, we turn to God and we live like a believer. Paul lived like a believer as an apostle. I live as a believer, as a church leader. Other people live as a believer in their sphere of influence and their environment. But we're all the same. We demonstrate Christ in and through our lives. And absolutely central to this all-in attitude that Paul had was this expression right in the middle. I can't remember what verse it actually is. Where are we here? Verse 30, sorry, verse 19. He says this, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. It just gives me such an insight into the heart and the attitude of Paul. I'm going to obey the vision. I'm going to do this. What I've heard, I'm going to live. What I see, I'm going to embrace. See, people live every day for a cause, for a purpose, for a dream. We have a dream wall. All sorts of dreams and that's, that's fantastic. It's really important that we have a dream. But it's really important where that dream comes from. It's absolutely vital where the dream, where the purpose of your life comes from. Paul said, I obeyed the heavenly vision. Because every day we are under pressure to run after a worldly vision. Every day. And I think sometimes it becomes a little blurry. What's a heavenly vision and what's a worldly vision? What is really from God in our lives and what is our own ego or our own passion or our own, I want to win. We've called the men's day, how to win in life. But I know it's going to be absolutely central to the theme of Christ in our lives. I know it is. It's not just, hey, how to, how to be a winner. You can get any book out there that tells you how to be a winner. But there's only one book that I actually want to listen to about how to be a winner because the Bible clearly tells me if I want the high life, I need to leave the low life. And the high life is a heavenly life and the low life is a worldly life. Look at someone and say, don't be a low life. Okay. <laughs> 
Take that however you want. <laughs> you see, either we're going to be inspired and stirred and passionate about something from the world or something from the kingdom of heaven. It's going to come from one or the other. It's either going to be the rat race or a kingdom vision. It's either going to be, I'm um, blessed for my own comfort or I'm blessed to be a blessing. They are so different. You know, for 33 years, I've, I've, I've sometimes felt like a lone voice in certain areas of the church about it is God's will to prosper your life. <laughs> it's, it's fundamental to what I know about God. God is not a poverty God. He's a wealth God. He, he's, he's rich in everything. Rich in mercy. Rich in forgiveness and joy. Rich in faith. And he's rich in finances and he's rich in, in, in every part of our lives. We've just read how we're redeemed out of darkness into light. That, that, that says so much to me. You know, somebody you know, came to Christ, said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, this is not a sin issue. That's not what this is all about. And he said, but if this guy's gonna get some healing right now, I'm going to do it because I am light. I am light. So healing is a work of light. It is always God's will for us to live healed. Sickness is never, never, never God's will. He doesn't use it to teach you. He doesn't hand it to you because He wants to keep you humble. Healing is the children's bread. It's our inheritance. Sickness is of the devil. Healing is of God. It's, it's as clear as day to me. That's why there's no sickness in heaven. And I can say the same about lack and insufficiency and poverty. God is a wealthy God. When God turns up, wealth turns up. Money, things, stuff, these things are clear to me. There is no question in my mind that when you live for God, wealth is in the journey. But what is really important is that we understand everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. Wealth has a purpose. A part of the purpose is for our own abundance. Of course it is. Have your three houses and your rolls. I mean, I can't wait till somebody has a Rolls Royce in the church. Come on. Somebody's got to drive it. Why do the sinners have all the good cars? Come on. Amen. Honestly, if that, hang, you know, if that upsets some people, you need to read what Jesus wore. He wore designer clothes, guys. They gambled for his clothing. They didn't want to tear it up. It was like, no, this is Armani, man. We're not gonna, we're not gonna rip this up. Somebody else is gonna wear this. 
But what is absolutely vital is the purpose behind. It's not just for our own comfort. It's blessed to be a blessing. And this is why it's an absolute fallacy for people to say, when I prosper, I'll be generous. The thing you're doing is you're just restricting your life to the same thing the world has access to. But when you're generous in God, you have access to that which only God has access to. Which is stuff that moth and rust can't destroy. Amen. You see, what is the important thing in this is where is the dream coming from? Is it coming from heaven or is it coming from the world? And it's really important that we understand vision and purpose today. So I'm, as we close out this series, it's as if we sort of do full circle. We started with what is Acts all about. Well, it's all about being Christ in the earth and we need the Holy Ghost and let's go turn the world upside down. And we've been full circle and we're coming back really to what is this all about? It's living for a vision. But not just a vision, the vision. So let's go through just some points here that are really important. The first point today is we've got to see the vision. Can we all say that? See the vision. vision. Look at at least three people. Come on and tell them you've got to see the vision. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to see the vision. I would not want to live this life with the blinkers on. I want to see the vision. I want to see what God wants me to see. I want to see what is important. Can you see it? Can you see it? Do you get it? Because, you know, and I'm not somebody who says, oh, a lot of Christians this, a lot of Christians that. But I do have a little bit of sort of concern that a lot of Christians just don't see it. They just don't see it. They think I'm saved. That's it. No, you're saved for purpose. You're saved for a purpose. And if we understand that when you give your life to Christ, you die. You know, when I first came to Christ, the first thing I was lent some cassette tapes about three days after I got saved called The Laws of the Spirit by Kenneth Copeland. And they absolutely exploded on the inside of me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of sin and death. The law of the new creation. And I realised that I died. What happened to me three or four days earlier was a death of the old Julian Melfi. And a brand new one was created. See, every other religion wants to try to clean you up. God doesn't want to clean you up. He wants to recreate you with a brand new clean heart, which then cleans up the world around us. Totally different, totally different. This is not a self-help club. This is not a, hey, what's in it for me? It's a no God, be my everything, live through me so we can lead other people to Christ and get out of this mess. I'm not living for this world. This world, the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. Can you see it? 
Can you see that? Can you see that we're in the world, but we're not of it? Paul said, I will not be disobedient to this thing. My life is gonna revolve around the vision, the heavenly vision. What do we do when we see the vision first and foremost? First words out of the mouth of, Jesus, out of Paul was, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Can we fix our eyes on Jesus as a church? Can we fix our eyes on Him? In the middle of the mess, fix your eyes on Jesus. Lift up your eyes over the darkness. Let's not fix our eyes on worldly answers. Let's fix our eyes on the answer, Jesus Christ. Can we fix our eyes on Him? Jesus is the first thing that we need to see if we say we're gonna see the vision. We see Jesus. What else do we see in the context of the vision? We see people. And we see people from a place of where God sees people. Have you ever just taken time to just sit and watch people? And I don't mean in a a quirky way. But next time you're in a coffee shop, just watch people. Don't, don't be weird, okay? They'll come and arrest you and take you away. But just watch people. Just watch the emptiness. Just watch the pain. Watch the despair, the concern, the confusion. Watch the parents who have lost the plot and really now really champion, I'll let them be what they want to be. It's almost like a new handbag. We have a new, a new, a new thing now. Yeah. Just, just look at people. Watch their need for Christ. Look at the pain and the heartache and the despair. Look at the, the family breakup. Look at the hopelessness, the identity crisis. It's so easy to just go through life and come here on a Sunday and we explode and we know that God is alive and He's real and He's all powerful and we feel His presence and, he, and His life will touch our life and, and we get stirred up again and we get fanned into flame again, which is really what Sundays are about. Sundays is not about deep teaching. Sundays is not about this is where I come and get taught. No, we teach ourselves every day of the week. We read our own Bible. We devote ourselves to the Word of God. If this is all you're getting fed in a week, you're starving. You're starving and don't know it. If this is the only time you worship, it's, it's not a worship time really, it's just an event then really. Sundays is when we come and pour out what we've drunk for the, the early part of the week. We pour it out. The things God said to us, we praise Him for them. Pour it out in the context of a family and a body. But it's really important that we see people because we're in the world and people surround us. What else do we see when we see the vision? We see the advancement of the kingdom. 
don't see the advancement of the world is not advancing. The world is not advancing. It may be developing in areas and in things, but the kingdom is advancing, forcefully advancing. Now I'm very open and very clear that we're here to increase the amount of people that are part of a church. And the last census that was taken on a Sunday, less than 3% of the, of the population of the UK is in church on a Sunday. And we want to increase that. But don't have a remnant theology and a like, oh dear, we're just the, we're just, no, no, no. No, come on, this thing's awesome. It's charging on. Churches are growing. People are getting baptised and healed and set free. Make sure you see the kingdom advancing. Make sure you're not just all over Facebook for all the rubbish. Go and find some good stuff. Go and find churches that are in revival. Go and find some prayer meetings where they're all over the floor and the glory of God's falling on the place. Go and find some good stuff to see what is going on. And you know, you can tell what you actually go to a lot on these things because they keep feeding you the same thing. So if you've got more stuff being thrown at you that is anti-Christ than Christ, it's because that's what you're looking at. Hello? Okay, just, just say it. Because it's self-perpetuating plumb line. The advancement of the kingdom. What else do we need to see when we see the vision? Well, we need to see what God is saying to us. Run with the vision and what does it say? I will stand my watch. I will stand on the rampart and watch to see what God is saying to me. We see Jesus, we see people, we see the kingdom advancing and we see what God is saying to us. That's another whole sermon in itself. The second thing we need to do is obey the vision. Everybody say, see the vision. See the obey the vision. vision. See, what we do with the vision is vitally important. <laughs> we need to do it. Not just believe it. When we obey the vision, why do we obey the vision? Well, it's because Jesus is Lord, not just an inspiring self-help guru. So we can take it or leave it. See, there's a lot of advice in the world today, good, bad and ugly. You can take it or leave it. But when Jesus says something, when Jesus shows us something, that's not a take it or leave it moment. That's a yes, Lord. It's a yes, Lord moment. If God has said something to you, and I think he speaks to us all the time, sometimes it's world changing, sometimes it's life changing, sometimes it's just belief system changing, whatever it is, let's just have that automatic answer trained on the inside of us, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You can ask how and why and what and where afterwards. But that first thing is, yes, Lord. Everybody say, see the vision? See the vision. Obey, the vision. obey the vision. What else does that mean if, we get, if we're going to obey the vision? We need to prioritise the vision. Make time for it. Not just squeeze it in. Because if this is what is really important to us, kingdom, not world, light, not darkness then it's something to prioritise. 
not just something, oh, everything else is squeezing out my relationship with God. Everything else is squeezing out what God's called me to be. No, we prioritise those things. And sometimes I'm not a big one for talking about sacrifice because I've got such an understanding on the inside that I am a living sacrifice. I now don't sacrifice all the time. I'm a living sacrifice. The only two things, the only one thing that is in the Word of God for the Christian that is a sacrifice is the sacrifice of praise, which is when I don't feel like it, I got to do it. But there's nothing else that's a sacrifice. Sowing money into an offering is not a sacrifice, it's seed. Like any farmer doesn't start crying, oh, I'm putting seed in the ground. Oh, what a loss. No, he's thinking about the hundredfold return in six months' time. It's not a sacrifice to put something in the ground. If you see giving as a sacrifice, you don't understand the principles of harvest. It's not a sacrifice. So many things are not a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice is spirit and flesh. Live from your spirit, not from your flesh. But if we're going to obey the vision, we need to prioritise the vision. What is really important in my life? Well, it's the vision that God has given me. We need to attend to the vision. If we're going to obey the vision, we've got to attend to it. Attend to God's Word. Attend to prayer. Attend to the things of the kingdom. Attend to it. Give our attention to it. My son, attend to my words. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyelids look straight before you. Put the Word of God first place. What's the third thing we need to do today? Is wear the restraints of the vision. I love that expression. Perhaps you've not heard that expression before. I heard that a long time ago. Pastor Steve Kelly, who's been an incredible inspiration and influence in my life and in Citygate over about 15 years now. And I can remember he said, you've got to wear the restraints of the vision. I thought, wow, what a great expression. When you've got a dream, when you've got something from God, it determines how you live. Proverbs chapter 29, where there is no vision, people perish. Another version says this, where there is no revealed word, the people cast off restraint. Cast off restraint. Now listen to this in one translation, Proverbs 29, 18 from the, um, uh, um, 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 get it out, a message translation. If people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. What a great understanding of that verse. If people can't see what God's doing, they just stumble all over themselves, fall all over the place. What does it mean to cast off restraint or to wear the restraints of the vision? You see, if you don't keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, on the Word, on prayer, on what we're part of, what we're doing, what we're called to be, you won't have the discipline to live the way God wants you to live. You won't have the energy. You won't have the stirring on the inside. We have examples in the Word of God. If you're a fighter, you don't just beat the air. You live a certain way. 
in order to win the battle. If you are a runner, got a lot of people in the church who run and it will determine what they feed themselves. They don't feed themselves whatever they want and then say, well, let's just run. No, if I'm gonna run, it means, well, I won't eat that. I'm not gonna eat that. I am gonna eat that. Why? Because there's restraints of the vision. If God has called you to be something and God has called us to be something, it means, well, that's just not part of my life. That's just not part of my life. I'm getting a little bit concerned about, you know, perhaps some of the lifestyles that I'm sort of starting to hear about. The, you know, people perhaps enjoying their drink a little bit too much. Let's wear the restraints of the vision. Hello? Let's wear the restraints of the vision. The Bible doesn't say don't drink. It does say don't get drunk. There are restraints of the vision. If I'm gonna live and turn the world upside down, some things are not just gonna be, they're just not gonna be part of my life. It's not gonna get in no matter how socially acceptable it is. Are you with me? This is not legalism. It's because I wanna run this thing and I wanna win the race. I don't wanna keep on having to go back to the starting line and you know, struggling and seeing why aren't I, why am I not winning this? Well, come on, wear the restraints of the vision. Everybody say, see the vision, obey the vision, wear the restraints of the vision. What is compromising your effectiveness? What is compromising it right now? Is it what you're on TV on? Is it conversations you're having? Is it the people you're hanging out with? Is it the drive for money? Is it, you know what, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to put church second place now because I'm getting a better job. I'd prefer to have lesser job. God, that's a bit of a different way to end a series, I know, but is this okay? Let's run this race. God wants us to be at the front of our game, the top of our game. I believe with all of my heart, God wants people in every sphere of life as some of the most successful people on the planet. We need Christians in politics. We need Christians in education. We need Christians in the news. Dear God, we need Christians in the news who will actually say something truthful out of their mouth. Hello. (laughs) And I'm aware that the more responsibility there is, the more demand that place is. And you know, we have people in the healthcare profession and, and they're doing split shifts and they're not always in church and that's all great. That's all fine because that's, that comes with the territory. But that's not a desire to excel at the cost of their Christian life. Are you with me today? It's saying, come on, this is really important. I'm not, I'm not gonna compromise who I am. I'm gonna live for the vision. I'm out of time. What's the next one? Number three is, sorry, number whatever this four is, run with the vision. You don't walk with a vision, you run with a vision. When you got one, run with it. <laughs> you run. You get all your energy. It creates momentum. It creates endurance. So many things I could talk today about running. Running the race. Run with the vision. Run with the dream. Run, 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 run. Run. A lot of standing still people, a lot of casual people. Come on, when we got something to run for, and I wanna say as a church, let's run with soul winning. Let's run with healing the sick. Let's run with casting out demons. Let's run with, we're blessed to be a blessing. Let's run with this thing. Let's put all of our energy into it. 
Let's not live an apathetic, lethargic life. It doesn't mean to say that we don't have a job or we don't have a family. No, this is, you're a Christian in every part of your life. You don't give up the job to be a Christian. No, you're a Christian in the job. But let's run in that job. Let's run, let's excel, let's shine. Let's stir up that energy. The Apostle Paul says, I struggle. Oh man, I prayed this for years. From a place of faith, but also a place of desire. Paul said, I count everything around me as dung for the sake of knowing Christ and the high call and all that. But right in the middle of that, Philippians, again, probably one of my favourite parts of the Bible, his partner letter with his partner church. He said, I struggle with the power of God that is at work in my life. Have you ever, well, this is probably a a bizarre (laughs) comparison. Have you ever had to try to control a horse? (laughs) I don't know where that came from other than Sharon was raised with horses and, you know, I've been around horses a little bit. When a horse doesn't want to do what you want it to do, you struggle with that animal until you get it under control. Now, we're not trying to get God's power under control. I think His power is trying to get us under control to a degree. Not control, influence, wrong word. But, but that power on the inside of us is not just a gentle stream. It's a raging torrent. It's not just a little, a little nice thing. It's something that is world changing and world shaking. It's the power of God and when His Word is surging through us, when His Spirit is alive in us, no wonder healing uh, is just part of us because that same Spirit of joy, that same Spirit of life exploding in us gives life to our physical body gives life to the office that we walk into, gives life to the family that we're raising up, gives life to the community that we're here worshipping in the middle of and proclaiming the Name of Jesus. It's a power, it's an energy. The Spirit of God is not an it, He's a person, but He brings an energy and He is a force to be reckoned with. He's a mighty force. And Paul said, I struggle with this energy. I don't wanna be so in control of my life. I wanna let the wind blow. I wanna let the floods out. Struggling with the power of God on the inside, run with the vision. Finally, as we close, God fulfills His vision. God fulfills His vision. So we are actually gonna end where we finish the series saying this is all about partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us. Should we all stand to our feet today? The Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit alongside us. The Holy Spirit upon us. Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Can we end by just saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Come on, let's, uh, let's lift our hands and just love on God a little bit. And What an honour it is to be a believer. By grace, by faith, thank you God for saving me. 
Thank you, God, for recreating me on the inside. Thank you, God, for turning my life around. Thank you, God, for putting me one spirit with the Holy Ghost, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. We want to run with you. Jesus, you are our vision. You are our heart's desire. Thank you, Lord, that when you come in, you bring in all your abundance, all your wealth, all your prosperity, material, spiritual, emotional prosperity in every area. But Father God, our hearts are still set on one thing. Jesus Christ, our Saviour. And we bless you, Jesus, and we love you and we honour you with everything that is on the inside of us. We bless your holy name. You forgive us of all our sins, all our iniquities. You've redeemed our lives from the pit, from destruction. You've healed all our diseases, all our sicknesses. You've set our feet upon a rock and you've caused us to mount up with wings as an eagle. So Lord, again, we just bring everything back into focus today. Jesus, You are Lord. You're everything to us. In Jesus' Name. And Perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour or you know you need to come back to Him today. If that's you with every eye closed and every head bowed or online today, if you've been watching online and you say, you know what, I need to come back to God. I need to give my life to God. Perhaps you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. He is wonderful. And if that's you today and you say, Jesus, I I need you. I need to come back to you. I need to receive you. Come into my life. You may believe in a God, but you need to give your life to Jesus for Him to be your Lord and Saviour. Because only that way will you be born again. A brand new start, recreated on the inside, out of darkness into light. And it happens the moment Jesus fills your life. If that's you today, I'm just going to ask you to do one thing with every eye closed and every head bowed. Would you lift your hand in this auditorium today? Say, yeah, Pastor Jay, that's me. I want to come back to God today. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, don't leave this place today without responding to Jesus. Wonderful. Is there anybody here today? Come on, don't don't be shy. Jesus died for you publicly on a cross. God bless you. Is there anybody else here today? Come on, you may be the only one. You may think, is there anybody else here? But it really doesn't matter. You're standing before God right now. Online in this place here today, God bless you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this prayer together today, shall we? Jesus, I declare you to be my Lord and my Saviour. I receive you today. As it says in your word, I repent, I turn to God, out of darkness, into light, in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Father. Lord, as we go into this summer, we thank You, God, for Your blessing. Lord, as people go on holiday and all of that, but Father, also as people come to this place as guests and friends, we thank You, Lord, for Your favour and Your goodness going before us and following us all the days of our life. And we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we're gonna have an awesome time this summer of soul winning, shining in the world. No matter what's going on around us, Lord, we fix our eyes on things above. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. See you next week.